Welcome to another episode of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente, and we have an amazing episode for you. Episode 193. And yo, did we have an amazing fight weekend? I'm talking about, dude, arguably one of the greatest fights I've ever seen in my life. We had title fights, we had upsets, we had vicious knockouts, and that was just in the UFC side, man. It was bananas. So look, I'm going to go ahead and break that and more down on today's episode. I'll tell you what the menu is for today, but before we get to that, remember each and every week, the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Make sure you sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Again, sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. They cook and deliver healthy meals directly to your home or office if you are in Chicago. If you're not in Chicago, that's cool. They also offer fitness mentoring and nutrition consultations. So somebody on their staff, a fitness mentor, will hook up your workout, will work on your nutrition, man, and help you out even if you're not in the city for the low, low rate of only 75 bucks. And you get that 10% off if you apply promo code fight so check them out everywhere sageeatschicago.com also on all social media platforms at sageeatschicago and while we're at it do not forget to tell your friends your combat sports lovers in the world about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe the fight podcast hosted by myself the underground king surgery center check us out everywhere podcasts are available Google Play, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and thefightpodcast.com. All right, let's go ahead and jump on into this episode. 193, yo, we're, we're almost at two bills. It's a wonderful thing, man. Um, Hope your week is going amazing. The beginning of the week is starting off, you know, how it is in Chicago. It's, it, it's feeling like spring. It's not snowing anymore, but yo, it is pouring rain the whole and I don't know how you guys feel about this yo daylight savings time has to go it does I'm totally fine with falling backwards but yo springing forward fucks up my entire life I swear I'm waking up it's not the time I needed to be I'm running late oh man I couldn't imagine having a kid if you had a kid that's super accustomed to waking up at 6 a.m. or 5.30 on the dot, because we all know how little kids get down. If that's the case, all of a sudden your kid's waking up at 4.30 and at 5, ooh, I feel sorry for you, man. Um, and at this point in time, I really believe the farmers wouldn't care. So, yo, man, somebody, whoever gets to be president, man, we, we should fix this. Fuck daylight savings time. Nobody else in the world does it. Neither should. Should we? Uh, but man, fuck all that. Let's go ahead and jump on into the episode on today's menu. We are going to talk about the epic card of UFC 248 headlined by the championship middleweight bout Israel, the last stopbender, Adesanya and Yoel Romero. Did that fight live up to expectations? We also are talking about arguably the greatest fight we have ever seen is it the female greatest fight of the t- all time or is it the greatest fight of all time the co-main event we will discuss between Wei Li Zhang and the former champ Joanna Yanjacek we also talk about the rest of UFC 248 Sugar Sean O'Malley's return is he a star in the making and we have to talk about Dan Migliata putting his face and his name in places where they don't belong and hip-hop star pop star mma fan jay park getting the shit slapped out of him by brian ortega what the fuck is that about all right man so that's what's on today's menu so let's go ahead and kick it off today with with everybody's talking about, man, we are talking about the championship fight between Yoel Romero, the challenger, and the champion Israel, the last stylebender, Adesanya. Look, man, not everything lives up to expectations. It doesn't. 
And I'll be lying to you. I'll be dead ass lying to you. If I told you I was happy about this fight, oh, it lived up, people are tripping, blah, 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 blah. No, man, it, it wasn't the most entertaining fight in the world. Um, Israel Asanya ended up getting a decision win against Yoel Romero in a what most of us can say is a lackluster performance. It wasn't a fun fight for most of us. It was super boring. Um, and it was super boring because a lot of these guys, these guys just didn't seem to really engage. Yo, there was literally two and a half, almost three minutes went by before you Romero even moved from the center of the octagon in the first round. So Adesanya ends up getting the, 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 the win. But there's a lot of people kind of shitting on him online. People are saying that Yoel should have won. People are saying that he's a runner. He's afraid. He's all these different type of things. I have a couple answers to that. But more importantly, let's start off with this. Who is to blame for this lackluster performance? And I'll be honest with you. Yoel Romero is the one to blame. Serge, you're a homer, you're a fan for Adesanya. Look, I am. But I've also been very open and honest about saying how I feel about Yo Romero. He's one of my favorites of all time. If you know me, you understand that. I'm a huge fan of him. Granted, I did have Izzy pick to win this fight. And I had him winning this fight three rounds to two. Arguably could have been four rounds to one, depending on how you scored the first round. But he blatantly won two, three, four, five. I, I honestly gave that the fifth round to um, Yoel Romero. Uh, but this is why I'll say this. For everybody, even Yoel, Yoel after the fight's going on on the mic, talking all kinds of shit, saying that, um, that one, he says that he won, and two, he's going out there saying how, you know, Israel Adesanya was running and we have to be warriors and we have to be this and we have to be that. And look, you don't, okay? That's not the name of the game. And I know for those of us been listening to me for a while, we know I am not a fan of people saying you have to beat the champion to be the champion. But you sure shit have to do more than what Yoel did. So let, let's go ahead and break this down. Who was the one that really engaged the action in the fight? It was Adesanya. And if you really want to go into it and break it down, let, let's think about this. If you go ahead and look at the fight, and I've actually rewatched it two and three times. Adesanya was avidly trying to get certain things out of Yoel Romero. He was walking down Yoel. He was doing what we are accustomed to watching him doing. He was building on his feints. He was throwing double moves back and forth. He was putting Romero in places that he didn't want to be. So he was literally turning Yoel. Instead of just pushing him straight to the cage, what he was doing was turning him so that he could actually open up and try to cut angles on him. He was also moving, cutting his angles by not just moving straightly side to side. He was moving backwards and on different places specifically to get angles. He was also staying off of the warning track. The warning track is where that black ring is around the cage where you know you're getting right about, you're about to hit the fence. He was moving off of that and turning back to center. For everybody sitting there saying, yo, no, that's running. No, that is intelligent fighting. That is intelligent fight IQ. It is Romero's job to keep him there when he has Israel Adesanya backed up. And he didn't do that. He never did that. In fact, every time he actually had Adesanya backing up a little bit, the few times that he actually did that in the fight, he literally let him just go. Instead of pressuring him, utilizing his wrestling, his Olympic caliber wrestling, and pushing him against the cage, utilizing dirty boxing, utilizing everything that he has in his repertoire, he literally just let him turn and go right back to the middle of the cage and continue chopping his leg up. 
And that brings me to my other thing. Is he running? No, he's not running. How can somebody run when they left your leg looking like chopped cheese? Fam. His shit looked like it was ooze bubbling. It was crazy. And the reason that he was destroying Adis, or, um, Romero's front leg is because that's all Romero was doing. Now, I'm going to go ahead and shoot Romero some bail. Romero has some incredible defense. Some of the best defense you will ever see. But here's the thing about it. He wasn't firing back. All he was doing was playing prevent defense. Look, y'all know I don't really watch football like that anymore. But literally, that's what he was doing. It's like he's at the end of the game, and, th- and that's what you do. At the end of the game, we all sit back. We're playing prevent defense. Let everybody land in front of us so, so nothing gets so – we don't let allow any touchdowns at all. That is what we're used to. That's what happened. But you can't fight the entire fight like that. Adesanya was coming forward. He was flashing his jab. He was using his setups. He did not stop fainting. He was using and trying to get openings. But Romero refused to engage. He refused to get out. And that brings me to my other point. For all the individuals saying, oh man, I got to stand in the middle and be Spartans and throw. So what you're telling me is that you want the champion who has the belt who has the money, you want him to come and stand in the middle of the cage and essentially play rock'em, sock'em robots. That's a smart way to fight. Let's go ahead. Let's just get CTE. That's what you want us to do. You want us to stand in the middle and punch each other directly in the face until one of us falls down. Let me be honest with you. That is the reason why Chris Lieben has never won a title. That is the reason why Cowboy Cerrone has never won a title. You cannot fight like that. That's like why Matt Brown, who I love, who is a friend of the show, has never won a title. You have to be smart about the way you engage. Now, for all of those saying that Israel is a boring fighter, let's talk about this. Let's go ahead and look at his UFC career. First fight in the UFC against Rob Wilkinson. Finish of the night. He got a, a, a performance of the night bonus. Martin Vittori, performance of the night bonus. Brad Tavares, performance of the night bonus. Derek Brunson, knockout of the night performance. Israel Adesanya, fight of the, I mean, uh, Anderson Silva, fight of the night performance. Kelvin Gastelum, fight of the year. Robert Whitaker, fight of the year. Or should I say, knockout of the night. So you're telling me a man who out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights in the UFC, he has seven bonus, or should I say six bonuses for whooping ass. You're saying that guy is boring? That guy runs? Come on, man. You, you, if you say that, you, you literally just don't know shit about fighting. And I understand we're watching a fight and a lot of us don't have the opportunity to go ahead and look at these fights over and over again like myself and other people do. But when you're looking at it, yo, the fights are far more nuanced than that. They are. You're the name of the game is to get hit and not get hit. Adesanya was trying to pull certain things out of Romero and Romero was refusing to engage back. I 1000% blame Romero for this. And for him to go out there and go on the mic and sit there and say, oh, you didn't engage. You didn't fight me like a man. You're from Africa. They got great runners in Africa. I am a huge fan of, uh, of Romero. I am. And I think most of us are. And I think that's why people are giving him such like credit on this. But I'm not. I'm not going to give him credit for this. I'm going to crush him for this. You fucked up. You're 42 years old. This is arguably the last opportunity he has for a title shot. He is 0-4. He missed weight twice, and he lost the other two times. Granted, the other three, I said he won. You guys know that. I believe he won those other three matches. But he didn't get them on the scorecards. He didn't win this fight. He didn't. He didn't do enough. Now, brings me to the fifth round. 
if he fought the fifth round in the same manner that he fought the rest of the fight, that they fought, and he fought the rest of the fight the same way he fought the fifth round, well, then we have something. In the fifth round, you can tell when he was about a but here's the problem. When it was like a minute and a half left, you can tell he realized that there was a little bit of a sense of urgency needed. He started coming forward. He started utilizing feints, and he just was not waiting for one big shot. And he understood that. I don't understand what his team was doing. Why weren't they telling him to do this beforehand? I'm so disappointed in him. And for him to go out there and to talk trash and to try to say that, oh, this is Adesanya's fault. Dude, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. So let me go ahead and bring this out. This is a couple of things that um, that Adesanya said after the fight and how he felt post-fight. After the fight. I was frustrated, like, you're going to act like that, but you, me and him, no. You can act all you want. You can try and get the crowd inside all you want, but me and him, no. Me and him, know who pushed that fight. Me and him, know who was scoring in that fight. So, I mean, he can, This is he has to live with this for the rest of his life. He had one more shot at this I, he didn't. He didn't even deserve to be in there with me. He had no right to be in there with me. But I gave him the shot because I thought, okay, this is the guy that everyone's scared of. Everyone doesn't want to fight. Let me see what this hype is about. So I called him out. I gave him the shit. I have to go another three-fight losing streak. It was a fucking gift for me. So the fact that he attacked, not even attacked, the fact that he approached the fight like that in your last title fucking shot is, is something he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life. I love fighting. And and he's right. I, I agree with Adesanya wholeheartedly. How do you approach the fight in that manner? But here's the thing. This, 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 this is what brings me to my next point. Who does Adesanya fight next? What happens with Romero? I have no clue. He's one of the greatest middleweights of all time. I believe he should have been the, uh, he's the uncrowned king for the longest. Not now, obviously, but he was. I don't know what happens with him next. I don't. I don't know what they do. I don't know if he retires. I have no clue. But what happens with Adesanya? Oh, baby, we know what happens. He has Bohachina, the eraser. He has Paulo Costa next. And when you look at Paulo Costa, he's going to come forward. Paulo Costa is going to make a fight of this. And here's the thing with the record of 13 and 0, granted, he was getting pieced up by Uriah Hall. Granted, in my opinion, he lost to Yoel Romero. Granted, he's coming off of a torn bicep. He's going to come forward. He's going to press the action. And somebody who presses the action is tailor-made for Adesanya. Tailor-made. Think about the people that press the action with Adesanya. Kelvin Gaslam, Derek Brunson, and... The former champion, Robert Whitaker, all three of those men are far more technical. They all can crack and they're far more technically sound than Polo Costa. And guess what? Even Romero. What happened to the three guys that happened to? All of them got knocked the fuck out. That's what happens when you come in and you rush in. It allows Stylebender to cook. It allows him to do what he needs to do. He's going to press the action. He's going to open up. He's going to expose certain things. And the reason that's going to happen, it's going to be exposed, is because Polo Costa throws wide punches. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Fam, Polo Costa looks thick as fuck. Yo, I've never seen a dude. He looks like Ricky Martin if Ricky Martin got stung by a bee. The most big jack Ricky Martin I've ever seen in my damn life. And uh, look, um, Captain Al Bederstein or whatever hell his name is, who is his coach, who's also Henry Cejudo's coach. He is obviously telling these dudes to be as cringy as possible. And Polo Costa has been crazy cringy. He's jumping over fences trying to get he got removed from the event. How, as a fighter, do you get removed from the fights? 
it is nuts, man. But one thing we do understand, one thing we do know, we, we understand is that, look, at the end of the day, that fight is going to happen. Polo Costa is going to press the action and it is going to be an entertaining fight. It does. Adesanya's stock take a hit from this momentarily. Fans are fickle. But he comes out, has an amazing performance. He'll be right back on track. Come on, man. We all understand it. And the moment we end up seeing a brand new promo for a fight between him and I, him and uh, Polo Costa, oh, we're right back on the bandwagon. All right. Speaking of bandwagon, yeesh. Wei Li Zhang, the champion at female strawweight, fighting the former champion Yoana Yin Jacek is arguably the greatest fight of not just female people are talking about this is the greatest female fight of all time yo i'm gonna be honest with you this is i have to go back and look at a couple of them this is top three fights i've ever seen in my life male female boxing mma kickboxing top three fights i've ever seen in my life holy shit five rounds Nonstop action. There was close to 800 strikes thrown in this fight. Nonstop action. Two women that are two of the most technically sound savages in the entire world. They went out there and threw fisticuffs, feet, knees, elbows, everything for five rounds, 25 minutes nonstop. What an amazing performance, man. I can't say, I mean, both women had their moments. I think Wei Li probably had the power advantage, the technique and volume advantage. Ended up going with Yoani and Jacek. Yoani and Jacek ended up landing over 80 strikes more than Wei Li Zhang. And and Wei Li Zhang definitely had the significant strikes. Yoani and Jacek, fam. At the end of the fight, she looked like Megamind. Holy shit. She had the most gnarly fucking hematoma I've ever seen. Forehead just all swole. Nose crooked. And unfortunately, I believe that actually unswayed the judges to Whaley Zhang. They gave Whaley Zhang the decision. I've watched this fight again three times. Each time I give the fight to Joanna and Jacek. I had Joanna winning the I had her winning two, three, four. Um, and five. Honestly, close and five. Wait, was that it? Yeah, I had her winning four or three. Regardless, I had her winning the fight. And I had her winning it. And it's not even because I'm biased because I love Whaley. Um, but I think she did more. I think the the more the fight went on, um, I gave Whaley the first round. Um, and I gave uh Yoana, No, I gave Whaley the first round. I gave Yoana two, three, and five. I believe I got to go back to my notes, but um, regardless, like I said, I gave Joanna the fight. I think she did enough. I think she dictated the second half of the fight. I think that Whaley had her moments, but I think she was only landing a couple big shots and she was getting pieced up the rest of the rounds. Um, but regardless, I think these are the two of the best women in the weight class. And I wouldn't be mad to see a, a rematch. I wouldn't. They're that good. I feel terrible for Ioana because a lot of people believe. I mean, think about it. Five-time Muay Thai world champion, six-time UFC strawweight champion, and now she's on a four-fight title fight losing streak. So people are trying to see, like, look, is there an option or way that she can go ahead and get a, get a title shot once again? Well, you do it if you actually have them go ahead and fight again you give them a rematch um and i believe that yoana with the team that she has being out there with mike brown of the boys at american top team can devise a game plan a game plan to avoid some of the big shots that way lee ended up landing and end up winning that fight again i thoroughly believe that she won the fight but i am not mad by any stretch of the imagination that way lee won way lee is a beast she is so technical. She is so powerful, man. Both of these women didn't even do press after this fight. They went directly to the uh, to the hospital, man. Both of them were discharged. Both of them had honestly no injuries, which is crazy. There was just a little puffiness on the on the uh, on the forehead. But uh, at the end of the day, man, what a what a matchup, man. This these are the fights. If you have somebody. Who is like not granted? It was brutal, and you had uh, Islam Makachev, who is um, 
what's it called, uh, Khabib's uh, cousin and Connor going at it because Islam said, yo, this isn't a woman's sport. This shouldn't happen. Um, and and look, I'm, I understand where he's coming from. And I understand a lot of people where they're coming from because this fight was brutal. I'm talking about crazy brutal. Listen to this, man. Joanna lands 196 out of 370. Wei Li 170 out of 413. Significant strikes. Joanna 186 out of 165. One takedown for Wei Li that honestly she didn't hold it up. Look at where the the majority of their strikes were. Significant strikes. 96 shots to the head for Whaley. So 58% to the head for Whaley Zhang, 52% for Joanna. To the body, 7% for Whaley, 17% for Joanna. On the leg, 35% for Whaley, 31% for Joanna. Dude, both of them were beat up. I mean, dude, th- this fight was incredible. It was incredible. If anybody wants to see, yo, what fight will make me a fight fan? Show them this fight. For anybody that's all man, women can't fight, show them this fight. Bro, and here's the thing. Women's 115 is stacked. It is stacked. Arguably the most stacked weight class in all of combat sports, in all of the UFC. Dude, the top 10 women, Jessica Andrash, former champion, Number two, Rose Namajunas, former champion. Tatiana Suarez, I I believe will be champion. Yoani and Jacek, Nina Ansarov, she's going to be out for a little bit because she's having a baby with the champion, the 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 goat, Amanda Nunes, um, Claudia Gadelia, title challenger, Carla Sparza, former title challenger, Michelle Waterson, former Invicta champion. These the top eight women in the world here can win the belt at any moment in time. What other weight class, what other sport can you say that about? You can't. I love this weight class. I love it. They're technical. They're just absolute savages. Um, what should be next for the champion, Wei Li? And what's going to be next for Joanna? I think they should run it back. I think you run that back sometime in the fall because they need some time to fucking rest. They do. They absolutely need time to rest, man. I do not believe that um, you don't put them back out there. You can't. You cannot possibly put them back out there, man, because at the end of the day, it's it's never a good look. Um, after the fight, Whaley went on um, on Twitter and she posted because she obviously didn't speak. She said, I respect each of my opponents. Other people's failure will not make me happy. My confidence is built on training and my team. Yoani and Jacek is a powerful martial artist. In the end, the octagon does not need garbage. We worked together, and this battle was great. Hashtag Tina Strong, man. Um, and she's right, bro. Uh, she went out there. She did her thing. She really, you know, showed respect to Yoana. And Yoana went out there and also said this. Doesn't matter what happens in my life, win or lose, up or down, I'm grateful every single day and night. Grateful for the life that I get to live, grateful for the people that I'm surrounded by, and grateful for all of the beautiful moments. I know I'm lucky and I'm thankful. Dude, I'm thankful for Joanna. I am thankful for Weili Zhang. Thank you women so much. Standing ovations all the way the fuck around. Thank you. Like, that's all I can say, man. It was an amazing thing, bro. Um, It is what it is. Oh, and while I'm thinking about it, there's people were mad more and more about the championship, the the headline, the main event between Stopbender and Yoel because of that fight. You had one of the greatest fights of all time. And then you had a fight that no, nothing unless there was a Jorge Masvidal style five second knockout. Nothing would have lived up to what just happened in that fight. Nothing would have. Which brings me to my next point. Dan Mirgliata, the ref. Yo, referees just like what they used to tell me as a kid back in the motherfucking day should be seen and not heard 
I shouldn't know your name. I shouldn't know your face. This clown ass dude was walking around in the entire time sitting there saying, hey, you guys need to give them something to judge. Hey, they don't pay you for standing around. Hey, y'all need to bro. Are you the one out here fighting against Israel Adesanya? Are you the one out here fighting against um, Yoel Romero? Are you the one putting your championship fights, hopes, and dreams out there on the line? I don't think so. All this clown dude is doing is talking shit. You are not supposed to... To be a part of the match if you are a judge. Your judge is to make, or should I say a ref. Your job is to make sure and you ensure the safety of the fighters. That is it. They were trying to fight. Adesanya was engaging. But we're not going to stand in the middle of the fight and just be fucking meatheads. We're not just going to punch each other in the face to make your bloodlust happy. Fuck you. Mike Brown, the coach of, of um, Yoel Romero and one of the best, if not the greatest coach in MMA today, um, has went on Twitter and he actually said this. So much criticism and pointed at these two athletes, but I try and but try to put yourself in their shoes. Both athletes are able to violently KO the other with a single blow. Both athletes, extremely unpredictable. Adesanya is long, very long, with a substantial reach advantage. He is a master of using distance at to his advantage. Yoel is likely the greatest pure athlete in the sport has ever seen. He can explode in any direction, and you do not want to be in his path. Both fighters have dangerous and difficult puzzles to solve. No, it did not have the pain, blood, and damage as a strawweight title, but it did have its own entertainment value. It was a high-level chess match between two of the sports elite. This is this was another very close fight, but when the final bell rang, I truly thought Yoel would get the nod. I felt as though he controlled and Adesanya had and had Adesanya in danger a handful of times. The scoring is subjective, and I understand that when you have more than one close round, it's truly anybody's fight. Much respect to both of these fighters. Two guys I would not be want I would not want to be locked in the cage with. I couldn't have said it better myself. Now, granted, obviously I don't agree who he believed, but that's also his his athlete. So he's obviously gonna side with him. He's a little bit biased in that in that regard. And I feel like if he took a step back and looked at it objectively, he would also understand who won. But what he said is exactly true. Put yourself in their positions. Would you want to go stand in the middle of the cage and get punched directly in the face by any of these two dudes? No. No. Hell no. You wouldn't. And if you say you are, you're a bold-faced ass lie. All right, um, moving right along, because again, the rest of this card was crazy entertaining, man. Um, it was fun, man. The, uh, Benil Dariush ends up getting a violent KO of Drakkar Close. Great fight, man. Went back and forth. Benil Dariush looked incredible on the ground. Drakkar Close in the second round was blasting Benil Dariush. But Benil Dariush had one of the nastiest knockouts you will see. Huge KO. Um, they both had each other rocked. And here's the thing. Rock'em, sock'em robots. Neither of these two dudes are going to be champs. They went out there, punched each other directly in the face. The difference between the two is that Benil Dariush threw punches straight down the pipe. Dakar Close was throwing looping shots. The guy throwing the punches from A to B ended up winning. Amazing fight. Great win by the veteran Benil Dariush. Um, also on this fight, we had the return of Neil Magny. Neil Magny fought against Lee Jang Lang, who I'm a big fan of. And he, after a year and a half off, I think 18 months off, beat the shit out of J, uh, J, uh, Lee Jang Lang. Man, this fight wasn't even close. We go ahead and look at the numbers. Listen to this shit. Neil Magny landed 123 out of 188 strikes. Lee Jang Lang landed 16 out of 65. Neil Magny had four takedowns to Lee Jang Ling's two takedowns. Um, bro, 
he he just just pieced him up, pieced him up, beat him up, man. Proved that at the end of the day, if you have ring rust that is not based upon injury, if you're out because something that is not injury, man, ring rust might not be real. So he went out there and worked on his game. Looks better than I've ever seen him. Great win by Neil Magny. Um, and then after the fight, man, again, who's going to fight next? Man, anybody at to uh at 170 i think a fight between him and michael chiesa would be entertaining as fuck uh great win by neil magny man really good to see him back uh in in the game and in the win column max griffin and max uh who i'm a huge fan of friend of the show and alex Oliveira, close fight back and forth um bloody fight i had max griffin winning alex Oliveira ended up pulling the nod man but great fucking fight man and the last one i want to talk about is we had the return of sugar sean o'malley sugar sean o'malley fought the super tough jose quinones and uh went out there and just knocked the shit out of him beat his ass man again he's out for two years because of bullshit usada regulations man they took two years out of this kid's prime but he came back looked better than ever beat the absolute shit out of jose quinones got a uh, knockout in two minutes uh in two seconds of the very first round man beautiful check this shit out he landed 18 out of 22 strikes Quinones landed zero out of 11. Literally did not. I'm talking about flawless victory on some Mortal Kombat shit. Crazy. Completely destroyed his opponent, man. Amazing fight, man. Um, In terms of what should be next for Sean O'Malley, I know the UFC is going to try to fast track him. Fuck that. I don't want him fighting anybody in the top 15 yet. No, don't do that. Save your prospects, man. Learn from the Aaron Picos of the world, bro. Learn from this type of shit. Bring him along slowly. Give him another two or three fights where people that he can just scuff. Make him build a name. Let him build his name up. And then we start giving him top 10, top 15 dudes. And then next year, man, let's get the party going. Now let's see what the Sugar Show is all about. Great win by Sean O'Malley, man. All in all, amazing, amazing fight this fight card this weekend, man. I could not be more happy, could not be um, more proud of everybody involved. Incredible, man. Incredible all the way around. Um, really quick, uh, while we're thinking about it, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Again, sageeatschicago.com. Com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first, not one, not two, but three months, man. Check them out at sageeatchicago.com. And while you're at it, tell your friends, tell your loved ones about the greatest combat sports show and culture in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. You can find us everywhere on all podcasting platforms. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the website, thefightpodcast.com. Check us out today. <laughs> All right, man. Um, let's go ahead and wrap it up talking about this. Bruh. One of my favorites. Brian T. City. I think my man lost his fucking mind. T. City's gone out there and um, he and, well, again, another one of my favorites, the Korean zombie, Chen Sung Jung has gone out there and um, they've been trying to fight. They were scheduled to fight at one point in time. Unfortunately, uh, Brian Ortega had to go ahead and pull out of the match. The reason he ended up pulling out is because of injury. He had a slight knee injury, but it seems like the fight was going to go happen at some point in time again. Now, here's the crazy thing about it. During UFC 248, they were seated next to or near each other. Nothing happened. Everything was super chill. Out of nowhere. Brian T. City gets up and smacks the shit out of pop star, hip hop star, um, friend of the Korean zombie, Jay Park. Yes, that Jay Park. 143 pound Jay Park makes good music, man. I like this dude. 
He slaps the shit out of him. And here's the thing. He slapped him when Korean zombie was sitting with him, went to the bathroom. Didn't even slap this motherfucker when his ass was there, sitting there right there with him. He slapped him when the Korean zombie went away. So check it out. Uh, Jay Park was on Ariel Hawaii show this week, and this is his side of the story. And I'm going to go ahead and read to you the tweets. This this, this is some fucking drama. Um, but uh, I hate to say it, this is why we love MMA. I was... You know, I was jet lagged, spacing out. And then all, when Zombie went to the bathroom, all of a sudden I, I, I see it's like, like someone like pull up and then they're like, he's like, hey, dog, are you Jay Park? And, and, and it just kind of just caught me by surprise. And I was like, yeah. And I, as I stood up, he like smacked me. And like as, as I was standing up, he smacked me. And so, uh, you know, it was very narrow. It was very narrow. And so there's there was um there was chairs behind me. And so I kind of fell back. And then I got up and I pushed him and, 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 you know, like whatever, there's like a little scuffle, whatever. And then people broke it up. Um, but you know, it was just, it was just weird. It was just a very weird, awkward, like what, what, I don't know why he's, I really don't know why he's mad at me. Like he's supposed to be fighting zombie, but, but like, why, I, I don't know. It's just, it was just weird. It was just a weird situation. Did he hurt you? I mean, nah, I mean, no, I mean, it was like, you know, to be honest, to be completely honest, you know, my jaw is a little stiff, um, but, you know, not, nothing too serious. No, I mean, it, it, it's just it's just weird. He's like the, he's like the number two guy in the world. Like he's a UFC professional fighter. Like, what is he doing coming and attacking me? Like, it, I, I could understand if I was talking shit. Or if I was like, yo, yeah, or if I was egging him on or whatever. But I was a fan of the dude. Like, I was following him on Instagram. Like, what do you, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it it was just a really bad representation of himself. Like, it's just, it was not a good look for him, bro. And I agree, man. It wasn't a good look for him. To go out there and to put your hands on essentially civilian is total bullshit. And that's the thing, man. I'm a fan of Brian Ortega. I really am. He, okay, so look, before I even jump into it, this is his side of the story, and this is what he believes ended up happening. So, look, I I disagree. I think for him to go out here and do this and say this is in, in, entirely misguided. But look, I'm going to give you guys my opinion in a second. This is out of the from the desk of Brian Ortega. On May 9th, 2018, Jay Park signed Korean Zombie to a management contract under AOMG Entertainment, of which Park is the CEO. And soon after the trash talk began, when I finally made it to Korea for the press conference, the Korean Zombie approached me with his translator, a real one, not Jay Park, and said, I want to apologize for the trash talking. It was my management that wants to do it to promote the fight. I accepted the, the apology, shook his hand, and we had a great press conference. Soon after that, I tore my knee, and the fight got canceled. Four weeks ago, Korean Zombie and Jay Park went on Ariel Hawani's show and said I dodged the fight. Dodging and injury are two separate things. And since I already knew Jay Park was the one writing the script, that's when I welcomed him to the fight game and warned him to watch his mouth. On Saturday night, I slapped three people at the same time. I apologize for slapping the translator, quote-unquote translator. I apologize for slapping the K-pop star, but I don't apologize for slapping the instigator. All right, so check it out. That's not an excuse. It's the fight game. And that was what Brian Ortega said. That was his side of the story. It's the fight game. People are going to do things. Jay Park and the Korean Zombie have both gone come out and said Jay Park had nothing to do with the Korean Zombie's shit talk. They said he had nothing to do with what was written on social media. The Korean Zombie said, nah, dude, that, that's all me. I'm making this shit happen. I'm the one saying it. Um, the Korean Zombie has gone on to also say this. Last night, you sat 10 meters away from me and Jay Park. For two hours, nothing happened. So I thought everything was fine. But you fucking attacked Jay Park while I was headed to the bathroom? 
Jay Park is not a professional fighter, but a musician. You slapped a, a civilian who merely helped me translate. Even worse, you were sitting there and waiting until I, w- I was absent and attacked Jay Park. It was not fight like it, it was not a fight like a real man would do. What you have done is the same as a grown-up beating up a child. You should have attacked me. If so, I wouldn't have been upset. You are such a coward for slapping a musician and not a fighter. If you fucking planned this to fight me and to use my name because people don't remember your name anymore, then congratulations, it worked. I will fight you and I will knock you out and your fucking face will be bloody. Now your fucking face stays in my mind and I will fuck you up in the cage. I hope you won't run away from me again. Yeesh. Yeesh. Okay. So look, man, I hate to pick sides on this one, but I am. 1000% I am with the zombie and Jay Park on this one. I don't care who says what. I don't care what it is. If you go back and you look at everything that zombie said and whatever, nothing was disparaging. Nothing questioned Brian Ortega's character. It's just, hey, man, don't duck me. Let's fight. You know, you've been in this game long enough. You understand selling a fight. You do. You get it. And to put your hands on somebody that's not a part of the fight game. Somebody. That's a smaller guy than you. And here's the thing. I say this understanding and knowing that fam, I come on here every week and I talk shit. I legitimately criticize fighters on a weekly basis. But check it out, yo. I'm I'm borderline two bills. I'm six feet tall, 190 pounds. I still train on a weekly basis. With high level individuals. At the end of the day. If a fighter comes to me. Because I know I'm going to continue growing this sport. I know that at the end of the day. I'm going to continue building. And growing. And being a a big name in MMA. And especially in the media realm. A fighter is going to come and approach me from time to time. And if somebody wants to throw fisticuffs. It is what it is. But to sit there and do this to somebody that. Obviously doesn't train obviously isn't the, like come on man that's weak and zombies right yo that was a cowardly act you waited till the man and his wife went to the bathroom so you were sitting there watching and the moment he left he said oh i'm gonna get that little dude now yo that was pussy that was mad pussy and and i respect brian ortega too much man i i cannot believe that he went out there and did that, man. I'm I'm utterly disappointed. Crazy. Crazy, 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 man. But look, it's the fight game. And unfortunately, man, shit happens. Um, all right, uh, really quick. Um, there that was not the only fight of the weekend. Uh, we also had a couple of huge upsets. Uh, not a couple, we just had one. A uh, big upset in boxing. We had the man, Buddy, who was talking all the yin-yang. Brooklyn's own, Polish-born, Adam Kalmanaki ended up getting knocked out in the fourth round. Adam Kalmanaki is a top 10 heavyweight in the world. He's been fighting on the undercards of Deontay Wilder. We expected him to fight Deontay Wilder in the future. But Robert Helenaeus... Went out there and gave him that one, two, three, four, five, six. He gave him that two, three, four, five piece in a soda. Holy shit. Huge knockout, man. I think it really shook up the boxing world. I think none of us actually expected it to happen. Look, Robert Helenaeus is a guy who we believed was going to be good at one point in time, but nobody believed this. He was This was meant for a walk-around fight for Kawanaki. This fight was in his hometown specifically for him and he got dealt with oh um i hope he bounces back from this one man but all in all yo what an incredible fight weekend oh and next weekend we have some more amazing fights man we have ufc brasilia with charles Oliveira. 
uh, fighting this upcoming weekend and Kevin Lee. I can't wait for that one. Some of these upcoming t- uh, headlining fights for the UFC is great. In boxing, as we know, we got some things we need to talk about. Canelo, Billy Joe Saunders. What's going on with Triple G? Does Charlo have a fight coming? Jamel. Are we seeing Devin Haney? Is Devin Haney back? Is Errol Spence back? So much to talk about, man, and more uh, coming up this week on the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. But check it out, yo. That is my time for today. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. This has been episode 193 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. I love you. I will see you again right here on the Fight Podcast. Deuces! Deuces!